0: This episode of Boob Sweat is brought to you by Mega Babe. If you didn't already know, I founded my personal care brand, Mega Babe, a few years ago to solve real problems with cute solutions. Even though I founded the brand, I am not qualified to do every single job, which is why I hire wonderful people like our customer service wizard, Britt. I've brought Britt on here to help answer a question. Hi, Britt. Hey, Katie. All right, Britt, go ahead. Bonnie said she's a super sweaty girl, and she asked how we can help with sweat that's showing through her clothes. Bonnie, 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 have I got some answers for you. We have several different solutions, starting with our Bust Dust, which is a hands-free way to apply our telc-free powder into your bra. You just literally pump it in there. It was the second product that we launched with. We also have our Dust Puff, which helps making apply powder to your body really easy because It helps with the mess. It also puts the powder on really evenly. Our dust puff is kind of awesome. And if you're not into powder, we actually have a cool product called Magic Powder. I know it says powder in the name, but it's actually a lotion. You apply it in a thin layer and it dries with a powder finish. I put it right under my boobs and sometimes under my butt cheeks. It's awesome. And don't forget, we also have body dust, which is the same great formula as our bust dust, but with a different applicator. So if you're not a fan of the pump, this comes with a sprinkle applicator so you can easily apply it anywhere that you experience sweat throughout the day. Britt, you're right. Body dust, of course, duh. Thank you so much for always knowing more than I do. And for a limited time, I'm offering boob sweat listeners 15% off Your order at megababebeauty.com with the code boobsweat15 at checkout. Now, on to the pod. Before we get started, I just want to thank Third Love, who is our brand partner on today's episode. How cool is it that I have a podcast called Boob Sweat and that I get to partner with my favorite bra company to help bring it to life? It's too perfect. If you're already following me on Instagram, then you've heard about Third Love because I talk about them basically all the time. You can also see them featured in all of my Make My Size Photos where my bra is hanging out, it's always third love. They're the most comfortable, best fitting bras, and I wear them every day. One of my favorite things about Third Love is their incredible size range. They have bras in over 80 sizes, cup sizes from double A to I, including half cups and band sizes from 30 to 48. You know what? You're probably wearing the wrong bra size right now because most women do. So, Third Love offers to find your fit in 60 seconds, and over 15 million women have used their online Fit Finder quiz, and you should too. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, and you know I love to get you some perks. So, right now, Third Love is offering my listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/boobsweat now to find your perfect-fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/boobsweat. For 15% off. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hi, I'm Katie Storino, and this is Boob Sweat. There's a lot of stuff out there that makes us sweat, but don't worry, you're not alone. We're here to talk about it. If I've met you and you have children, I've probably asked you, Do you like having kids? And most people reply, they don't scream yes at me. I love it. It's the best thing I've ever done. The first thing they usually do is pause. They're like, no, yeah. No, no. I I love it. I mean, it's hard. So this is something that I have always found to be a little bit weird. And I think it's, it's one of those things that I don't quite understand what having kids is like. And so I can't understand the complications of the answer. But very very rarely has someone just said yes it's the best thing i've ever done you you might hear my dogs barking um and i'm sorry about that but we're recording the we're recording this part of the podcast in my apartment so i'm sorry if you hear my dogs barking um they don't have a lot of respect for my podcast i think one of the things that i get really worried about like in the conversation around having kids is losing my identity I see a lot of women who who choose to have a family and then unfortunately they do lose themselves. And I'm not judging them. I'm not judging them at all. I think it's really hard and I am scared. I'm scared about, about you know becoming less fun. I'm scared about losing my own personal time. I'm scared about all of that. And one time I voiced this on my social media and someone wrote back and they were like, I was like I don't want to be unfun. And they were like get ready to be unfun because you are going to be the unfun parent because that's what parenting can be. And that that kind of just I don't know, reaffirmed that I don't necessarily want to be in that role. When I talked to my husband Mr. Storino, about having kids, he loves he he just loves babies. He's He's going to go right up. He's going to baby talk to your little baby. He's going to want to hold it like a football. And guess what? He is going to be an amazing dad when – if and when we acquire a child somehow. (laughs) Do you see how weird I am? That's like – that's not a normal way to talk about kids. But um, I do. I feel – I know that I have a partner who is like going to be there in the process with me and not make me feel alone and feel like I have a true partner. So that is something that makes me feel good about having kids. Um, Another couple that I've seen do this really successfully is my sister. Um, My sister has a really complicated conception story, which I will get into on another episode. But she's got one son, baby Bobby, and her and her husband are like really good at splitting up the work. Um, And that's really refreshing to see because she's, you know, he's still like going and golfing and she's still, I don't know, I don't really know what she does. We talk on the phone while she power walks. I'm not sure what her hobbies are. But bottom line, I'm obsessed with him. And I would say if you would have asked me 10 years ago, do I want kids? I would have been like, yeah, of course. Duh, that's what you do. And 10 years ago, I was in a different situation. When my my marriage dissolved and – I was no longer on this path that I thought I was going to be on, you know, like I had done it. I got engaged. I got married. What was next? You have kids, you buy a house, like you do the thing. And when that didn't happen and when I like turn a left turn, had like a hard left turn in my life, um, I was like, everything opened up for me. I was like, wow, uh, actually, there's a lot of different ways you can live life and I think you have to get outside of the process a little sometimes to realize those things or to see those things. And so that's what I'm doing today. I want to bring, I want to bring you options. I want to bring you people who are inspiring, who have lived lives that are not necessarily pers- like that don't prescribe to the norm, who I think have like super cool lives. One of the people who has shown me that, like, you can have many chapters, many lives, and that there's no rules to to life is Carol Radswell. You've probably heard me talk about her on social media. She is a journalist, an author. Yes, she was on Real Housewives, but Carol is so much more than that. She is brilliant and funny. When I won the Humane Society um, Innovator of the Year Award last year, Carol presented it to me, which was so special. She got to meet my whole family. And Carol decided not to have kids. But at the same time, she has family, albeit a non traditional family. I want to talk about how found family can fill some of the same roles that blood relatives can fill. We're talking about fulfilling life without kids. And you personally are one oh of the dear. most inspiring women that <laughs> I know. And I think uh, really? I talk about it all the time. But when I was <laughs> going through my divorce and I was I was not married and I was looking at your life, I was like, yeah, this seems like a pretty cool life. And, and like the, the whole kid thing and the marriage thing and everything about it just seemed... I don't know. You just seemed like to have f- somehow elevated through th- stuff. So I wanted to talk to you today uh, well, about it. That's
1: a good way to look at it. Wait. Okay. Do you, are you, do you, are you dreaming of children
0: or are you not? Or I don't know. I'm truly, I'm so torn. I'll be very honest with you. I don't really want to carry a kid and yeah. I'm cool. But you don't I mean, you don't really the kid. have to. Now. No, you d- you don't have to carry the no, kid, but like surrogates to. are still a very um I think if you have a health issue, it's like it's societally it's okay to to have a surrogate, but if you just don't want to carry a kid, people do not like that.
1: Okay, well, I think society needs to simmer down about what about cool lot. women yes. Yes. About a wh- about how women choose to uh engage with their body. That's what I think. I think, you know, I remember early on when I was at 2020 in the nineties, we used to do a lot of stories on this, this new technology called IVF. Oh yeah, uh, And yeah. And everyone was like, you know, it was taking the place of God. Um, uh, there was outrage about it. There was the uh, curiosity about it. Um, everyone had opinion about it. It was, you were deemed maybe less than, you know, as a woman, if you couldn't get pregnant in the natural way, you know, there's a lot of shaming, you know, that hasn't changed. We've come a long way, baby, but we really haven't. There's always been a lot of female shaming in regard to sexuality, whether it's sex or or childbearing, or the decision See, to have Carol, children. See, Carol, this is why
0: this is why I had you on right away, okay. right off the bat. You're saying the good <laughs> stuff. Well, uh,
1: you know, I'm 200, so I've been around a while.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, so, I wanted to ask you. Um, my point was, if yeah. you decide you want to have a child
1: and you don't want to carry the child for whatever reason, and it's nobody's business, you to do that because women in their in the 90s were shamed okay. because they couldn't have children and had to do IVF and that was some weird thing you know me- you know remember baby M and the test tube baby and the you know that was you know so you should just do whatever you feel is 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 right for you thanks
0: and, carol that's my opinion about I, thank you. having children i appreciate that cuz i was recently told if, if you
1: have one don't make me the godmother though.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> do wait <laughs> Too late. <laughs> so, why do you feel that this expectation that women should have kids exists? Why? Why are we so into women having kids?
1: Well, I mean, if you look at it from like we're a biological species, so if you look at like evolutionary biology, we're we're so set up to to procreate, and you know, for for a. a two things really to to uh for safety right to like you know propagate the the species by being safe and making choices that that uh keep us alive and also uh, making choices that are deemed to do uh reinforce that the species will live on right you know so so biologically it's just in our dna right i think you know it's 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 in it's ingrained in, in our the molecular Makeup of our DNA.
0: Do you feel like you get to do more in your career than any of your colleagues with children? Um, hmm.
1: It's hard to judge that now. Um, like uh, having come off the reality show, that certainly wasn't. Um, uh, children would have been a, a benefit uh, in that uh, particular career now. Um, But let me just go back to like my, my ABC News days, which was like 14 years of my life between all well, in, in the like sort of baby making years um, oh, from 20, yeah. say from like 24 to, to 40. Um, So I would say, I mean, and this happened very, very often that I would stay late when other uh, women who had children would go home because they had to pick up from, you know, daycare or uh, go to a school uh, parenting, teacher conference. There was all that stuff that that was going on. I didn't, I don't feel, I I don't feel like that really like held them back though. Mm. Um, At at the level, like when we were like associate producers and producers, you know, Um, it was harder for them because I I could uh, travel at a moment's notice uh, and they couldn't. So maybe in that regard, but I never felt like at least at ABC, they were being really held back. But I will say that there were the majority of the PAs, APs, producers were female, which is, it was a very female driven um, uh, company uh, at the time I was there. But like at the senior producer level, you'd have a lot of women and then that kind of stopped every everyone above senior producer where they were all pretty much all men with like the one like token female. So I always wondered where all of those girls that were like striving and climbing up the ladder, uh, where they all went to. And a lot of them, to be honest, when they had then two, three kids, they kind of dropped out. And maybe that might not be so popular to say, but that was my feeling. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there was that at play, but there was also obviously inherent, like, you know, uh, sexism and, right. you know, and also I used to say if I could, if I could, if I could be a father, I would have had a kid. Moms take so God much yeah. of the abuse and the God, heat and the
0: criticism, all the criticism and we are yes. so hard on moms and yeah and it is it's immediate she pushes the baby out and let's like lose the oh. baby weight and then it's like is right. she breastfeeding is she not breastfeeding like it's just it's all the it's all judgment. shaming shaming Ugh. shaming and it's judgment awful. truly and
1: yeah i saw the guys at work that had kids and they were celebrated and mm-hmm and i always thought like the men who had were married and had a family were were promoted at a higher rate than females who were married and started a family that 100% for sure was happening i
0: think it's still happening now <laughs> i feel is, like I, I feel like men it, having yeah. a kid as a father for the stereotypical i mean mother being yeah. the primary care- caregiver um it's still kind of cool to be a dad and just like you don't think but about also, and when planning. you're young,
1: when you're younger and you're, you, you've proven to your company that you're a serious man with a family and that you're taking right. care of it. It's it, so it makes you, uh, makes you more valuable. And, and that's why you're promoted. You know, he's taking, he's a family man, he's not, but as the same woman that is married and, and, and building a family is not really seen no. that way.
0: It's a lie. It's more of a liability. And you're like, yeah, oh, yeah and I'm sure have kids.
1: that I haven't been in like sort of that corporate environment for a while now. But I'm sure that that is probably unfortunately still happening for, for women who choose to have children. And even, you know, you could see there's choosing to have children later.
0: Yes. Um, I I unfortunately agree with you. I think that is definitely still happening and I see it happening with friends and I'm with you. And and during, during your time at ABC, during your Mm -hmm. like quote unquote prime reproductive years, your baby making time, was this something that, um, you were consciously making a decision not to do or was something that just went by?
1: Um, uh, I was with my husband for 10 years until I was 30. He passed away when I was 34, just turning 35. So we were not going to have children. He had had much younger before I knew, knew him, he had had testicular cancer. So I knew when we got married that we would not be able to have children, at least not in the, the, uh, conventional natural way.
0: Ah, okay. Right.
1: So, yeah. so in that, but you know, in, in a way that wasn't a deal breaker for me, yeah. I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't like baby obsessed. I thought that's okay, you know. If we can, if it happens in some other way, then that's okay. But I wasn't focused on it, and 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 it just it. it, We never thought about it. Of course, then he was diagnosed with cancer when right when we got married. Um, So that was, you know, having a child, bringing a child into that was just completely off the table. Um, And I wasn't longing for it. In fact, towards the, you know, towards like, uh, I guess like one of them, like probably like the last year of his life, he he started sort of thinking about it and wondering, well, maybe should we try, to, you know, because you need a sperm donor and all this yeah. stuff. And I was like, uh, no, no, I was definitely against that, you, you know, were
0: dealing with so much. Also, I I, yeah. I just want to repeat for listeners at home that you can have a fully fulfilling family life without kids being involved, because I feel like I've watched you um, create a family around yourself you take in not that you take in strays but you um you've had like yes. <laughs> you'll kind of ad- you'll adopt people into your life and i feel like they yes, do right and i feel like that's also the building of a chosen family that is, yes that, yes that's i mean lethal. i have
1: i have uh i have uh uh a, a foster child uh who i call my my, my friend eric my foster child. um, (laughs) And I think he was on the show with me a few times. um, And for some reason, I would call my foster child on the show, but no one, you know, they didn't quite under you know everything had to be over explained on that show you know it was like right. black and white you know right like I'm being funny he's not re- I didn't re- I'm not really fostering him he he's <laughs> he's, he's he's a grown man now he, he's actually 28 years old um but when I first met him he was 18 and it's a baby. Uh, yeah and he was just going to college and and I met him in New York and he wanted to come to New York and work in television and I said well stay in college and call me when you get out um, and where did you meet him? I met him uh, literally like a New York story. Uh, I was coming out of a a club, which is unusual for me because I and probably, you know, haven't been to many clubs in New York. I was coming out of this club called, what was the name? One One Oak or Live Oak? Um, One, One Oak. Oak. Yeah. One Oak. Okay. Yes. Um, this was right around the start of the reality show and uh, with my then boyfriend and and Eric was trying to get into the club uh, with oh. a bunch of his friends. And, and, and I think he, he's actually the very first person who or one of his friends noticed me from the show, which had only been on one episode, the first week, one episode. <laughs> and I was kind of caught off guard by all of that. And I was like, this is really strange. And then he he took a picture. We took a selfie, which was unusual for me. It's, I never had really done that. And he posted it on his Twitter, which I didn't oh, know wow. that much about, yeah. and I and I had just opened a Twitter and I wasn't quite sure what to do with it. This is 2011, and he um, he he tweeted at me, and and he and he, and then I tweeted back, and that's how we sort of started talking. Um, he he explained to me what a DM on Twitter was because I was just tweeting publicly. I didn't know everyone was seeing it. I was like, okay, so who are you? <laughs> what, what do you want to do when you come to New York? Just he's a like, public uh, conversation. No. <laughs> yes, this he's like, no. yeah. And so so I kind of just, I i kind of took him under my wing after that. He, um, he was helping me with my Twitter. He was very good at it. And, uh, you know, being a kid who grew up in that, in in the the Twitter age and, um, you know, weird coincidences. Like it turned out his mom, his best friend's mom was one of my closest friends in high school. Random. Okay. Yeah, He's from Ohio. So we had all these little connections and I just, I don't know. I just felt like, um, I felt like he was someone that I just wanted to sort of watch watch out for.
0: The New York Story thing is so funny. I um I met a very a man who's probably in his late 70s when I met him. Um no, early 70s. This was probably 15 years ago and for like 6 or 7, maybe clo- maybe 8 years we would have lunch and he was kind of like a this grandpa figure to me. In New York, you can meet people, especially in New York. I find that you can just you meet people and they can become like these different, you know, yeah. relationships. Of, in, yeah. Amazing
1: relationships you can have with people, with friends, with, yes. with, with older people, younger people yes. um, that create, create a family and, and, and live in that space that one would think of as the conventional, you know, biologically connected family.
0: Carol, thank you so much for coming on. How cool is Carol? Although she does not have a traditional immediate family, she has found her own family via friends and through quote unquote fostering young people. And again, Carol would not really foster me. I got taken in more as just like a stray for like just a couple nights, you know, couldn't get a full foster program. She did it the same way that I did with my older man, grandpa, which sounds creepy, but just is not and was not. The role of my grandpa was that he he shared his life experiences with me, and that was really valuable. And I lost my grandparents when I was very young, and it was not inappropriate. It was not weird and romantic. It was just kind of nice. I do have a very fulfilling life, and I am very happy. I'm happy in my marriage. I'm happy with my dogs. I'm happy... I'm happy where I am and maybe surrounding myself with people to enjoy life with might be something that would make me fulfilled. I'm not I'm not sure, but having kids isn't necessarily a totally individual decision. You've got your partner to consider or your family or whoever in your life whoever's opinion means something to you. And I don't want to feel like I'm letting people down around me for not having kids.
2: She said to me that when the nurse would come in to his room and say, oh, do you have any grandchildren? He would say only four-legged ones because we all have dogs. And she felt
0: devastated by that. More after the break. Third Love does bras differently. They believe, like me, that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every single day. Their bras are designed to fit you, not the other way around. Third Love designs with measurements from millions of women and creates bra styles made to fit your life. And every Third Love bra is backed by the perfect fit promise. You have 60 days to wash it and wear it. And if you don't love it, returns are always free. Are you kidding me? You can wear a bra for two months and then return it if you don't like it. It's like a pretty good deal. It's like a no-risk situation. So go to thirdlove.com slash now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com backslash boob sweat for 15% off. Now let's jump back in. Stacey London is someone who has been on my radar forever, and I know she's probably been on your radar forever. She is just one of those iconic fashion people who have been on my television empowering women to stop hiding behind clothes and to start embracing themselves. And that message has always resonated with me. When I first started the 12-ish style, Stacey was kind enough to meet with me. I had, like, no following, but she really got my message, and she came over to my neighborhood, and we sat and we chatted, and I taught her how to use Instagram stories. So Stacey is one of those women who, again, showed me that there were just, like, no rules to life she has been engaged but never married. Um, she doesn't have children, and she has an amazing apartment, and an amazing career, and a very full life. So Stacy was one of those people when my life um, exploded that I looked to in with like a lot of hope. I was like, "Hey, like look at this. I could have this type of life, and it's pretty cool, and it's pretty nice. And this this woman really gets it, and she's very happy." Um, So I was thrilled when she wanted to come on the podcast and talk about why she decided not to have children. Stacey, here's the thing. I met you at a time when my life was changing. I didn't even know it was about to change. And you were so supportive. And I always look at your life as just this incredible example of, I mean, I know that we just had this whole conversation about how you're really feeling right now, and that's Okay. But just an exciting, uh, like loving, just charismatic woman that, like, has this whole life. And I have always looked up to your life, looked into your life, and always just like, thought it was really cool and amazing. <laughs> and, um, we have such prescribed paths that were fed, marriage, children, these types of things. Do you have? Any insight or advice for women who are out there who don't feel that that is a path that they're going to explore?
2: Yes, I do actually. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I was fed that prescription. I while while I have been trying to write this book about style and aging and whatever, I have a chapter which could very easily be its own book called "No Boxes Checked." Yes, I was engaged at one point, but I didn't go through with it. And yes, there was one point in my life where I thought perhaps I would want a child. I I, I understood the idea of wanting a child based on truly being in love. And that Mm -hmm. the first time I was like, oh, this isn't uh, some sort of socially prescribed idea that you get married and you have children because that's what your parents did or that's what your sister did or your siblings or your best friend. It was like, I understood this idea of being in love with somebody so much that you, you would want to make a person that was the both of you. Yeah. That, that I understood it. It was fleeting.
0: It's a lie. I understood it. that (laughs) that is, that is the lie, right? Right. That's the lie.
2: Cause that's really, truly rare. No. And also just like, that is not what this is. No, that's not what, that's actually not what most people ever experience. Right. Right. For me to have experienced that, I think that, that may have been on some sociobiological level, like what the ideal situation I think is. I think right?
0: that's the thing that tricks you into thinking that you want kids is you like have this romantic thing notion. And so I want to see you mixed up with my
2: DNA. Right. And then, like, you know, that it's like not just survival of the fittest, it's no. that like the survival of like the person that you think it's is so weird. dope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And yes, of course, like we are, we are, we are biologically attuned to the idea to keep the race going. Right. But I don't know that it's so specific to, to one person. It's like, you know, you'll do, is yeah. really, is really what, <laughs> what, it, what it's supposed to be. Um, do I have regrets? Not a one. The no. only time, the only time that I ever felt any kind of pang wasn't because of me. It's because my sister desperately wanted to have children and perhaps maybe waited a little too long and wasn't able to. And when my dad was sick and he had a lot of hospital visits over the, the summer before he died, um, she said to me that when the nurse would come in to his room and say, oh, do you have any grandchildren? He would say only four-legged ones because we all have dogs. And she felt devastated by that. And that just made me so sad. That made me sad because I think she felt like he was sad. And it's not that I felt guilty that I had let him down, but I feel terrible that she felt like she let him down or that he was sad that he didn't have any. And I don't know that for a fact. We never talked about that. But that's the only time that it ever even remotely affected me. But you know again I I do I want to reiterate because I know obviously your your listeners are are sort of making their way in life. I mean they're yes. making their mark and it is really important that they that all of you I'm addressing you now listeners going direct going direct. Um there is no set path. There is no special way. There really isn't. There's no path to success, there's no path to love. There there really isn't. There it is all I mean, I I've said this my entire life, but it, take a step and the path appears. There is no path until you make a choice, and if it's the wrong choice, then you know take a hard right and take another step. But you cannot decide. You can you can you can have a goal in mind, but it's a little bit like the horizon. It's just like having a north star. It's a direction. It will start you off in life, but you will be shocked that wherever you think you're going that will change that north star will go south it will go east it will go west west it will go southwest it will go all over the place it's just that it's a goal it's a it's a starting point but nothing starts until you take a step um you can never get anywhere if you think that there's just one place that you're going to go um you have to keep an open mind, and it's sort of like this idea that i i I feel like everybody thinks they can steer the ship exactly to a destination, and the idea is we just don't have that much control we you know we're lucky if we can stay on the road we're We're lucky if we can
0: stay afloat. It's just life is not that simple. I do feel pressure to check off some traditional boxes in my life, but not that much pressure. Um I think the kid thing is like a really big box to check and um and one that that really I I still feel like a little unsure about, but I think that that might be normal. <sighs> now, if I were a man right now, um and I had Mega Babe and I've got like my business going and I'm busy like this. There's no there's no expectation for having a child. Everyone would look at you and say, "Oh yeah, you'll do it later, no problem." And yes, I froze my eggs for that very reason because I don't feel like I'm in the I'm in the mode to like care for another human and like totally interrupt my career. I I am scared of having a kid and have it like disrupting my workflow because I know that it will. I know that you do lose your time. Even if you have a nanny, even if you have help, like you still have to – you're still driving the car, right? You're still the one who's in charge. I feel so grateful to have Mr. Storino as a partner. I think he totally shares my values and responsibility because this journey that we talk about, like we're just – Childbirth is, is just the start. Then the kid is there and that's when, sh- that's when shit really gets hard. So I think it's funny that we focus so much on the pregnancy and like the caring of the child when really the real work starts when that kid comes out. This episode really showed me that even if I choose to have a child and then we hit like fertility issues or something happens, I think I would be okay without finding out what it's like to be a mother. That being said, I do think I'm going to try to have a baby. Um, I don't know when. It is something that I think I'm a little too curious about to really just tuck into a drawer. And I just love baby Bobby, my nephew, so much. And I guess if I love baby Bobby so much, maybe I'll love my baby that much. Right? That's That's what I think. I hope that's what you think. But if you're out there and you're like, girl, I'm not going to have kids. I'm here to tell you, great. Don't have kids. Do whatever you want. If you are going to have kids, make sure you're having them for the right reasons. Make sure you're not just having them to check a box, to save a marriage, to build a life because you don't have one. Because those are the kinds of things I see often in society where, where women really get broken down because they, they had the baby to fix something or to bring something in that they thought they couldn't bring in themselves. I want to thank Carol and Stacy for coming on the pod today and being so open and honest with me. You guys can follow them at Carol Radswell on Instagram and at Stacy London Real on Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of Boob Sweat. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Storino or at Megababe. If you want to talk about something we've covered today in more detail, come join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that shit is important. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is over.